on this day. Our text is taken from the Old Testament, the book of the prophet Jeremiah. We will be reading from Jeremiah chapter 3. I'm going to begin with verse 1. And I'm not going to go further than verse 15. All right. But I want you to understand the background of this message. Jeremiah chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, the King James translation. They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return again to me, said the Lord. Lift up your eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast been, where you've not been laying with. In the ways hast thou sat for men as the, Ab uh, the Arabians in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withholden, and there had been no latter rain, and thou hast a whore's forehead, thou refusest to be ashamed. Wilt thou not from this time cry unto me, my father, thou art the guide of my youth? Will he reserve his anger forever? Will he keep it to the end? Behold, thou hast spoken and done evil things as thou couldst. The Lord said also unto me, in the days of Josiah the king, hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel had done. She's gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there she played the harlot. And I said after she had done all these things, turn thou unto me. She, but she returned not. And her treacherous sister Judah saw. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Judah, feared not, but went and played the harlot also. And it came to pass, through the likeness of her whoredom, that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister, Judah, had not turned unto me with her whole heart, but fangly with the Lord, said the Lord. And the Lord said unto me, Thou backslide, the backsliding Israel had justified herself more than treacherous Judah. Go and proclaim these toward the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, said the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. 
for I am merciful, said the Lord. I will not keep anger forever. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree and yet have not obeyed my voice, said the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, said the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. I want to speak to you today, a pastor after God's own heart. A pastor. I told you y'all thought I was crazy reading that passage of scripture. <laughs> Trying to feel in the world that got to do with this thing. That's why I want you to keep your Bibles open. In the message today, I want to accomplish a few things, and I'm not intentionally trying to be long. I don't plan on taking a lot of time. But I want to help you to understand why God sends pastors. I want you to understand. Let me say it when I say you. Not, I'm standing here preaching to you. There will be some things that will be said that are for you, the congregation. There will be some things that are said that will be for you, Pastor Jones, and for me. And then there will be some things that will be said that are for all of us. Amen. So I'm trying to help you understand how the message is going. Before I help you to understand what the pastor's role is. I want, first of all, to remind you of God's perspective. Follow me. I actually know where I'm going. I'm not confused. I'm not lost. My GPS is not off. I know where I'm going. Okay? In this passage of scripture in Jeremiah, the Lord is speaking. He's talking as though he were in court. There are a lot of passages of scripture where God presents himself as going before a judge. Of course, there is no judge greater than him. And so he's, he said, in fact, I, if I were to swear, most people swear by somebody greater than them. But since there's nobody greater than me, I'm going to swear by myself. Mm -hmm. So God essentially is talking to himself. He's not crazy. Mm -hmm. But he's talking to himself. He's listening to himself. He said, help me to understand. Amen. Look at the text, Jeremiah 3, verse 1. They say if a man puts away his wife... And she goes from him and becomes another man's. Shall he return to her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? God 
and saying, I got a problem. The problem is, I have a wife that I had to divorce. But I still love her. All right, then. That's what God said. Read all the translations you have when you go home, or even now. Jeremiah chapter 3. This is what it's about. God has divorced his wife Israel. And God is upset with her and especially her sister, Judah. His wife was unfaithful. His wife, this is a metaphor now. Let's be clear on that, okay? It's not literally. This is metaphorically speaking. God's not a man. God doesn't have passions and needs like human beings. But if he were not to speak in this type of language, we couldn't understand it. So he's using this analogy so you can get it. So I can get it. He's saying, the law says, and you all say, well, he didn't say the law says, y'all say, they say, they say if a man put his wife away and she marries another man, she can't come after him no more. That's what y'all say. All right. Amen. I'm God, but that's what y'all say. He said he can't do that because the land would be polluted. She's played the holler. She slept with every man in town. On the highway, on the mountaintop, under the bridge. Everybody in town has seen her nakedness. But I still love her. Y'all say, I can't take her back. That's what y'all say. He said, lift up, verse 2, lift up your eyes into the high places. Uh-huh. He's talking to his wife. He says, and see where you have not been lying. In other words, show me a place where you didn't have sex with another man. Under the bridge? <laughs> Behind the tree? Out alongside the river? It's felt it. Verse 3. That's why the earth is not experiencing any rain. That's why it's so bad and such a drought. You stink. Your actions have caused a foul smell to take over the earth. Amen. He says though in verse 4, would you not from this time cry unto me, my father, thou art the guide of my youth. Now notice how this kind of a shift in metaphor. He's God. He's speaking as a father. 
and yet he's speaking as a husband. He said, what do you have to say for yourself? Won't you admit that you were wrong? Amen. Won't you acknowledge that you did these evil things? <coughs> he says, is it me? That's verse 5. Will he reserve his anger forever? One of the brothers read a scripture today about that. God doesn't stay angry forever. He's not like y'all. Y'all say, well, he ain't got but one time to do that to me. And he got to go. God said what y'all say. Mm -hmm. No man going to treat me like that. Ain't no woman going to treat me like that. I'll show her. Verse 6, the Lord said unto me also in the days of Josiah the king, hast thou not seen that which backsliding Israel had done? He's like standing before the courtroom opening. Said, look, can't you see what you done? Exhibit A. <laughs> Exhibit B. Exhibit C. I got all the evidence to prove that this backsliding wife of mine has done these terrible things. Verse 7. And I said unto her, after all that she done, turn to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister saw it. So God is saying, even though she did all this stuff, I gave her a chance to come back to me. But she wouldn't. <laughs> and the one reason she wouldn't have caught her whole sister <laughs> she was a whore too Judah and I saw verse 8 when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce God said I'm justified. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm justified. Mm -hmm. The law gives me the right to divorce her. Uh -huh. And I did. Mm -hmm. Yet, her treacherous sister Judah didn't learn. Now, I want you to understand something. He's saying her sister should have seen what happened to Israel. She lost her husband over that foolishness. How she fell into great disgrace. But she didn't. She played the harlot too. So it came to pass, verse 9, through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stock. It's ugly. It's an ugly passage of scripture. This woman. Israel, metaphorically speaking, did it all. Amen. And her sister did the same thing. Verse 11, And the Lord said unto me, The backsliding Israel had justified herself 
more than treacherous Judah. This is an interesting verse. Even though Israel, my wife, was unfaithful, she still wasn't as bad as her sister. Go and proclaim these words toward the north. So God is saying to Jeremiah, go and tell this message. Mm -hmm. And so today I'm here to tell you, Mount Olive, how God sees it. He says, return, verse 12, you backsliding Israel, said the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I'm a merciful, for I'm merciful to the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. There's only one requirement that I have, Israel. Acknowledge thine iniquity, that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and hast scattered thy way to the strangers under every green tree, and have not obeyed my voice. Turn, O backsliding children, mm -hmm. said the Lord. I'm married to you. I'm reading these verses, but I want you to understand. All right. He said earlier, I divorced her. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But he then said what? I'm married Amen. to you. Mm -hmm. You know why he said that? Because God hates divorce. He said that because even though he put her away, as far as he was concerned, she's still his wife. Amen. He said, what I'm going to do, verse 15, I'm going to give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, I can't, like I say, stay too long on this passage. So let me kind of speed up a little bit and help you to see where we're going. So the background is that God's wife, Israel, uh -huh. was unfaithful to him time after time after time. That's right. So much so that he had to divorce her. Amen. But even though he divorced her. He still said, if you just repent, admit that you were wrong, I'll take you back. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to bring up the thing that you did. And you did do them because he already filed his divorce. He's got it proved. All I want you to do is to admit it. Now, verse 15, we make a sort of a transition. The Hebrew word there that we see as pastor is also that same word that if we translate it into English, is shepherd. Mm -hmm. All right. God realized that Israel, his wife, 
wouldn't be so messed up if she had a good shepherd. In other words, God blamed or he laid the charge to the shepherd, the pastor. In America today and in our world today, now I'm kind of shifting a little bit around and getting to you, Pastor Jones and myself. But not just us. The reason that our world is so messed up All right. is because they're following the wrong shepherd. All right. I'm not just talking about preachers in pulpit, but I'm, I am. All right. But leaders, period. period. Amen. The reason our world is messed up, the reason we got men walking around taking the wind is because of this shepherd. Don't speak up. The shepherd won't say no, child. Amen. All right. That's not who you are. Amen. Let me walk with you. Let me talk with you. Let me teach you. Let me show you what your maker had intended for you. Amen. He blamed the shepherd. He saw the problem. He withheld his anger. Here's what I'm gonna do for you. Again, this is a metaphor. This, you know, every every line, every parallel you may not be able to make. Israel, his bride. Uh -huh. Her sister Judah. Uh -huh. And all of those around them were living the way they were living because nobody was brave enough to tell them the truth. Amen. So what would happen with Israel? in this example, in this parable. She go out, spend nights and weeks with these strange men, come home dejected, raped and abused, knocking on the door. He let her in, let her sleep there tonight, clean her up, give her a change of garment. And she slip out again and again and again. And God is saying, you all say I shouldn't take her back. But I love her. Uh, Mount Olive, we are no better than Israel. We have played the harlot. We've gone after other gods. And yet when we get in trouble, can I come in for the night? He let us in. Clean us up. Sooner or later, some smooth talking. 
whatever you want to call it, comes to us, charms us, and we're gone again. And all he's saying is, I'm going to leave the light on. You're welcome home. All you got to do, come home and admit. And just, just say that you're wrong. I'm not going to whip you. I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to receive you again. When he realized the problem is you've been following the 